0: A Study on Lesser Known Insects It is no surprise that entomology is one of the fastest growing fields of study. With over 10 quintillion insects in the world divided into 1 million different known species, with an estimated 30 million undiscovered, shows what you know, the limits of research are boundless and presumably icky. Unbeknownst to Western scientists, researchers globally have uncovered a number of strange and alien-like specimens skulking in the nooks and crannies of the Earth's most unforgiving places. Not unlike those lined up for the early bird at the J&W in Palm Vista, Florida. In fact, the only difference between the two groups is the ownership of a brand new crumpled Cadillac. Now more than ever, researchers are getting their heads out of the books and spending their days in the field. Unfortunately, it's the same field, and they're wearing down the sod around the 50-yard line. The following is but a sample of these fascinating and sadly overlooked creepy crawlies. The Austrian tenor beetle. Unearthed several years ago in the hills outside Kernsberg, the tenor beetle is roughly one inch long and emits a high-pitched hissing sound, particularly when seated behind the dugout of the visiting team. Discovered by premier authority on insect vocalization and hubbub, though he identifies more with hubbub, Dr. Eliza Hurwitz, noted entomologist and author of I Can Hear It, Can You? The tenor beetle produces a nocturnal tinging originally thought to be a mating call, but was later proven by Hurwitz's successor, Dr. Eliza Pflugemeyer, to be that of a chorus from Rogers and Hammerstein, and one of the good ones at that. In a celebrated and now legendary display of melodic fort, Renowned baritone Dagmär Stupi performed an operatic duet with a tenor beetle to a packed house at the famed Denton Hall in Lower Austria. The reviews were mixed, but all seemed to favor the performance of the beetle over that of Herr Stupi, each echoing similar remarks such as, Not bad for a bug. In a rage, Herr Stupi ravaged the beetle's tiny dressing room, which proved difficult given the singer's stubby fingers. Neither performers have sought reconciliation and are currently touring separately. The elephant fly. The name of this speedy little five-eyed insect is really a misrepresentation. It's more a wasp than a fly. Native to the densely populated areas of the northeastern United States, it is a wonder this bug has managed to stay so elusive. With a long, thin proboscis used mainly for getting to the bottom of a brandy snifter, the elephant fly wears a black and white tuxedo with tails. In the summer, to avoid the crowds and increase mating opportunities, the elephant fly migrates to the grass-covered shore dunes of West Sag Harbor, where it, over a period of hours, sheds its recognizable evening wear for something a little less formal, cashmere sweaters and open bathrobes. Its days are spent burrowing into the sand looking for carrion and Civil War relics, while occasionally attending a local flea market, which, despite its name, consistently disappoints. At night the elephant fly plays host to a spectacular light show of bioluminescence, which is irrefutably the best essence. A dazzling display of violets and greens illuminate the otherwise simple beach grass as it moves majestically in the wind like an aurora borealis, grounded and forced to take a later flight. At summer's end, the elephant fly begins the journey home leaving behind its carefree thrills and promises to phone. The fly returns home thankful and with a newfound appreciation for its colony, thinking, where else can you get duck chow fun at 3 in the morning? The Chilean Satin Worm The satin worm is blue with yellow flares and ranges anywhere from two to 300 segments. It flourishes deep in the Valdivian rainforest and is the only worm known in existence to have antennas which are used primarily for olfactory purposes and picking up the Friday evening radio broadcasts of the Venezuela Wrestling Hour. Revered by the indigenous peoples of southern Chile, particularly the Hot Spache, known for their picante mint stew, the satin worm produces a poisonous secretion that through the generations has been cultivated into a highly trafficked illicit drug. Originally designed for ceremonial and worship practices, satin juice, as it's been coined, is a $100 million a year business. Smuggled into neighboring Bolivia and Argentina alongside counterfeit keychains and elastic waist jeans, satin juice impairs cognitive abilities and temporarily paralyzes motor skills, which is most unfortunate for mechanics. However, the drug's most dangerous side effect is that of an increased impulse to perform dental work, and even more hazardous, a forgetfulness to Bill immediately. The mung bean moth. The mung bean moth is two inches long and unlike a typical moth, contains three sets of wings and a pouch for cold drinks. Much of this night flying libidoptera is still a mystery to mainstream scientists. Since its discovery a few years ago, documentation of the mung bean moth has been traced back to the early Veda scriptures of ancient India. The following is an excerpt from one such hymn. Approach, O protector of the mung-being, and lead us to the light. Incandescent or fluorescent we seek with thee. Come, ye six-winged guardian, and bring hitherward snacks for the journey. Bring wealth to the cooler, and helpest thou struggle. Destination drawing nigh, O lofty friend, ruler of the back seat. Sing forth gentle praises to pass time anew. Deliver thou pacey delight ye hauled and ready for market. O Defender, keeper of the key to the pesticide shed, grant us thou sacred gift. Gather ye pods of plenty and pass a cold one to thee. The Sunburst Caterpillar Basking on the volcanic rocks of the Pacific's Kilawa Island, the Sunburst Caterpillar is red with orange pom-poms and a yellow sash. It has two heads, one on each end, but to no avail shares a single brain the majority of the day is spent arguing with itself about which way to go and whose turn it is to wear the sash. A fruitless life, though there is the occasional lime, the sunburst caterpillar finds pleasure in simple activities like eating cotaviscus flowers and licking discarded stamps. Its pom-poms, which develop in the early stages of adulthood, act as heat absorbers, which are essential in breaking down food and cutting the energy bill. Local lore considers it bad luck to confine a sunburst caterpillar, but says nothing about buying a dinner. In the final days of the caterpillar's life, it leaves its familiar lava-formed shore for a less familiar lava-formed shore via public transportation. Scientists are baffled by this strange behavior, but are convinced it has something to do with it being a buyer's market. Nevertheless, residents of Kilawa City are plagued daily with overcrowded buses and slow-moving taxi lines. The Sageflower Mantis. The sageflower mantis is a particularly diabolical looking critter with a trident-shaped head and a large frill designed to catch smaller insects and the occasional foul ball. It makes its home in dry and barren wastelands and other places like Sacramento. Suited for the heat, the mantis's head is ideal for opening bottles while also functioning as a triple kebab skewer. With spikes covering its body to mimic thorns, this specific mantis camouflages itself by striking a contrapposto against the base of nearby shrubs. Only can a female mantis see through the disguise. The reasoning behind this is simply the distinct heat and smell put off by the male mantis. That and the consistent winking. Similar to the sageflower mantis is the prickly leaf mantis, a pointy, more brightly colored mantis with a diamond-shaped head and a serpentine posture. Dr. Ken Gensler, renowned mantis researcher and amateur bug novelist, whose works include the highly contentious, nevertheless praised Gensler's Guide to the Mantis, and the more obscure A Tale of Two Cockroaches, writes that the major differences between these two mantises is their aforementioned postures. Gensler states, The prickly leaf conceals itself by achieving the more technically advanced S-curve stance, where the sage flower seems to merely stumble into a weighted slouch. In a recent interview, Gensler was asked to explain his work's biased language over the years. The illustrious researcher responded by jumping on his desk and performing a mazurka to the Polish ditty I got a sausage, do you want one too? This has been a production of Thaddeus Ellenberg's Casual Friday. Written and read by Thaddeus Ellenberg. With an introduction by Nicole Kelisich. And artwork by Adrian Lobel. This series is independently produced by Thaddeus Ellenberg and Will Scoville. To find more episodes and information, visit our website at casualfridaypodcast.org or email us at contact.casualfriday at gmail.com.